And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. and welcome to Earth Destruction Directive. I am your host as always, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today, and it's another guidance special. And uh, we are on our way to the theater right now to see Shin Kamen Rider. So you might recall we very recently covered the Fathom Events theatrical screening of Shin Ultraman. Following close on the heels of that, uh, I think about six months ago, we have Shin Kamen Rider. Now, this is definitely a topic that is adjacent to what we normally cover in our Destruction Directive, but as Kamen Rider is a henshin hero and doesn't actually have giant monsters, this is not something that we've ever actually covered. So I wanted to give just a little bit of background, and then, uh, and then we'll go, obviously, watch the movie. Uh, so I first became aware of Kamen Rider actually through Saban's Mast Rider, which was Saban taking Kamen Rider Black RX and giving it the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers treatment, sort of. They more gave it the treatment that they would give uh, B-Fighter Kabuto to become Big Bad Beetleborgs, kind of turning it into like an action sitcom rather than a straight kind of action show like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or VR Troopers. Uh, but that was my real formal introduction to Kamen Rider. I had heard of Kamen Rider before that. I don't think I had ever even seen like more than maybe just a still photo of him. Uh, I really was a big fan of Masked Rider. I knew it wasn't a great show. At, in high school, I could recognize how stupid a lot of the, uh, the sitcom-y parts were, but all of the tokusatsu portions of it, of, uh, you know, Black RX and his various enemies that he fought. I really, really enjoyed it, and that's what made me a Kamen Rider fan. And uh, so I kind of just always percolated along with that. During the fan-sub era, I'd say probably about uh, ten years ago or so, I really started getting into Kamen Rider fan-subs. Kamen Rider Wizard is my favorite Kamen Rider series, and that was a big hit for me on fan-sub. I also really like Kamen Rider Drive. Uh, I've watched... Uh, fair amount of Gaim. Uh, covered uh, some of that over with Derek WC over on Fan Holes. We've covered a couple of Kamen Rider films. But it all came back to Masked Rider for me originally. So uh, that that's what kind of put me on the track. Now once you're a fan of Ultraman and the Super Sentai and Kamen Rider, they all kind of blend together a little bit insofar as the fandoms, right? So I think that's why it's okay to cover Kamen Rider here, even though, again, not traditionally fighting giant monsters. Although... Although, there was that special, Ultraman versus Kamen Rider, where Kamen Rider does grow giant and fight a monster with Ultraman. That was at OVA, um, which I've never seen. I remember reading about that way back in the day in the Kaiju Review fanzine, uh, but I've never actually seen that. I don't know if that's ever been... Um, it must have been fan-subbed at some point. I, it's never obviously been released officially, but 
Um, maybe I can find that and at least watch it raw. <laughs> we can cover it at some point. But in any event, uh, the same crew that was with me to go see Shin Ultraman, we are meeting up again at the same theater to go see Shin Kamen Rider. And we are going to the same restaurant, so we are going to go eat sushi again. Now, the restaurant that we eat at is called Sushi Kingdom. Okay, and so the last time we went to Sushi Kingdom, we went and saw Shin Ultraman. Before Shin Ultraman, they had the trivia and other stuff before the, sh before the screening of the film. And what was interesting is that the trivia featured scenes from Ultra Galaxy Fight. And one of the questions, I believe, was, who are the enemies that the, the uh, Ultra Heroes fight in Ultra Galaxy Fight, The Destined Crossroad? And the answer, of course, is the kingdom. And so it struck me. Sushi Kingdom? The kingdom? It's all right there. It's synchronicity, baby. So since that day, every time I refer to this restaurant, I call it the kingdom. Much the same way that Absolute Tartarus refers to uh, his allegiance to the kingdom on Ultra Galaxy Fight. So we are heading to the kingdom to uh, partake in our sushi, and then we're going to watch uh, Shin Kamen Rider. Um, much like Shin Ultraman, I haven't followed much at all of the background of this. I've, I've seen the trailer, um, and I, I kind of know the, the general gist that it's sort of, I'm guessing, similar in approach to Shin Ultraman, and that it's taking a look at the original series and then um, uh, remaking it for the modern day. I'm going in pretty completely blind on this one. I am just excited to see Kamen Rider on the big screen. Uh, you know, like I said, Kamen Rider, I'm, is, I'm not as big a fan of Kamen Rider as I am of Ultraman, but I do really, really like Kamen Rider, and I'm very excited for this, and uh, should be a lot of fun. And uh, again, similar to Ultraman, maybe this means we'll get a Blu-ray release, or a DVD release, uh, shortly after this theatrical screening. Now, I do want to say, uh, I am seeing this, as I'm recording this, this is May 31st, there is another screening, June the 5th. So if you're, I will get this episode out before June the 5th. If you are listening to this, there is another screening. There's not just one. So you have a uh, little less than a week to, to make that plan if you want to go see it, if you missed the first one. So, all right, that's all I've got. I'm pulling up to, uh, to the shopping center where the kingdom and the, the, <laughs> the movie house are both located. So I'm going to uh, sign off. I'm going to go eat dinner. I'm going to watch the movie, and we will catch you on the other side with Shin Kamen Rider right here on Earth Destruction Directive. Shall Dragon and his legion of mutant marauders seek to enslave her? Who will save us? Mask Rider, the powerful and awesome teenage hero from outer space with his incredible battle cycle, the Combat Chopper. And when he transforms into Master Rider Super Gold, not even the evil Cyclopter can stand in his way for long. Master Rider from Bandai. Alright folks, we are back, just got out, and uh, oh, I've got to say that was really, really something. Up first, though, don't want to bury the lead. I know what everybody is, they've got it on their mind, they want to know the answer. The sushi at the kingdom was fantastic. Great sushi, as always, at Sushi Kingdom. Big props to those uh, those nice folks over there. Now, as far as Shin Kamen Rider, first off, I do want to say this was kind of odd. When we went to see Shin Ultraman, I mentioned this in the first half of the episode, they did a lot of pre-show stuff. They had a little interview. They had... Uh, the trivia contest and stuff like that. This didn't have any of that. It was just a typical Fathom Events 
promo reel that was before it. Now, it did have a little bit of an Asian flair to it because they were advertising uh, the Studio Ghibli Fest, and I guess it's Kiki's Delivery Service is getting an engagement, a three-night engagement next month. So there was some some Japanese stuff, uh, but nothing specific to Common Rider. So just right at the top of the hour, boom, movie starts playing. And this movie... Okay, mild spoilers on. I'm not going to get too much into it with our spoilers, but this movie, it just starts like a rocket, or I should say a rocket-powered motorcycle, because it is flying right from the start. It doesn't take a, take a breath for quite a few scenes. It just go, go, go. This film, it's very unusual. In one of the things that I really liked about Shin Ultraman was I thought that it kind of captured the spirit of the mid-60s, and those mid-60s shows in Japan. This film, this film captures that early 70s feel of Kamen Rider. The way that it is shot, the way that it is paced, the whole mentality of this movie is based on just a crazy episode of Kamen Rider where Congo has to fight various uh, shocker agents, and there's motorcycles, and then things exploding, and this is, this is a, it, it's almost like a Hong Kong action movie, but it's also Kamen Rider. So it had a lot of really cool visuals. One thing that I personally really liked, a lot of this film, especially in the fight scenes and action scenes, were shot handheld. And that was something that I always liked about the original Kamen Rider, was that they were a little bit more experimental with the camera angles, kind of the Dutch angles and handhelds, especially during fights, compared to Ultraman, which I think partially because of the nature of the effects they were doing, the camera was not quite as mobile as you got on Kamen Rider, and it gave the show a certain energy, a certain uh, kinetic feeling to it, which made sense for Kamen Rider since he's such a kinetic character with all of his flips and acrobatics, and plus the fact that he rides a motorcycle. I think this film did a really good job of capturing that. It's The story is very, very straightforward. It does, it does echo the original Kamen Rider in a lot of places. If you've watched Kamen Rider, you'll, you'll be nodding your head along with parts of it, but there's a fair amount of uh, original stuff in here, too. And, but it, it just doesn't seem as, as concerned with the story relative to the visuals and the action. And I think it does a really good job of that. I really do. This is a... Uh, I enjoyed the heck out of this, first and foremost. I mean, that's, that's the main thing. I went to be entertained to see Kamen Rider on a big screen. It did not disappoint from that standpoint. So I, I absolutely think that this is a, a success. Do I think it's as good as Shin Ultraman or Shin Godzilla? These are difficult questions. This is definitely a different movie. Um, this is a movie that I think you put on with your friends in a case of your favorite beverage. I know that might sound like a cop-out to some people, but I'm calling it as I see it. This is definitely a movie that benefited from being in the theater experience with the shared energy of the audience. I'd say we had about 30 to 35 40 tops people. It wasn't a sellout, but there was a good number of seats filled. And there was a, I mean, there was, uh, I mean, the guy next to me started slow clapping at one point. So it was definitely a lot of audience engagement. Um, compared to like Shin Godzilla, which is such a, a widescreen sort of film, this was uh, more, I said, it struck me more like a Hong Kong style action movie, just a, a slam bang type of movie. And, uh, it really leans into that, which I, I thought was a good choice, honestly. Um, 
you know, the uh, the the acting kind of runs the gamut a bit. We're not ask, asking a lot uh, out of our actors in a film like this. And of course, with subtitles, it's always a little hard to tell. There are some really really cool costumes and designs in this. The Shocker agents, they are definitely inspired by the originals, but they're not slavish to them either. They are they're they're definitely definitely a play on the old ones, but with kind of a modern uh, aesthetic and modern technology. So they do look really cool. We get several very cool shocker agents. The, the, the Kamen Rider look himself is definitely an update of the original, and it looks great. I'm sure that um, if you haven't already seen it, you can very easily find promo images of, of Shin Kamen Rider. And he really does look like a modern update on Kamen Rider. And it's... it's my connection to Kamen Rider is not as strong as my connection to Ultraman. I like Kamen Rider, I've watched a lot of it, but I don't have the huge fandom for it. So if there were cracks or things that maybe didn't play right from a character standpoint, I didn't notice them. You know, Hongo seems like Hongo. The Shocker folks act like Shocker. So that's about what I could ask for, right? And, you know, much the same way I think that me going into Shin Ultraman, I was able to recognize the callbacks to the 60s uh, show, to the original specific episodes that were being referenced, there were certain aspects of this. I was like, I remember that. I remember that Shocker agent. I remember, you know, little things like that. So to, to me, I think this was a fun night at the movies. I had a lot of fun with this movie. It is a crazy, crazy action movie. Now, I do want to say this. This is very odd and did surprise me quite a bit, especially in... I'd say the first act of this film, and then at the in the last reel, there is a fair amount of blood. Now, it is like, again, you know, that sort of over-the-top gruesome blood where it's like, you know, pressurized inside of people. I was not expecting to see this level of blood in this movie. So if you've got young kids, just be aware. It is, it's not... It's not frightening per se, but I guess it could be upsetting. You you will know what is appropriate for your kid or not. Just there's a couple of scenes in this where there is quite a bit of blood um, during uh, during fights, and there's a couple of themes that are touched on that are more mature and again maybe a little bit much for for the real younger set. Um, they did actually show the. Uh, as part of the opening credits, the rating from the Iron Board, which was, I think, 12+, plus, which would be roughly equivalent to PG-13. I think PG-13 is the right level for this. So uh, if you've got younger kids or if you've got kids in general that are interested in seeing this, just consider it a PG-13 and, you know, use your best judgment on that. Now, as I said in the first segment, there is a second showing next week on June the 5th. And... Honestly, I think if you're listening to Earth Destruction Directive, you probably get a kick out of this, this wild and crazy Japanese action movie with uh, a guy who's half a uh, grasshopper fighting other monsters that are half bug. I mean, that's all I can say. I mean, that pretty much says it all, right? So, uh, to me, I, I enjoyed this. I'm really hoping that we're going to get a Blu-ray, Blu-ray release. Easy for me to say, because I will definitely be picking that up. Um, but... Until we hear something, you know, this is all we've got. If this is just something that I see this one time, I had a blast watching it. And I, I think if you're li uh, listening to my show, you'll probably also have a blast watching it too. So, 
that's about all I've got, folks. Um, like I said, I'm heading home. So, hey, if you watched Shin Kamen Rider, send me an email, Directive at yahoo.com. You can get me on Facebook. You can get me on Twitter. You can get me on YouTube. You can get me on the Discord channel. I want to hear what people had to say about this. If you listen to this episode and you decide you're going to go see it next week, send me an email next week and let me know what you thought about it because I am really curious because much as Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman were divisive, I think this movie's going to be divisive. And maybe that's good and maybe that's bad. I personally think it's good to have a movie that's divisive sometimes because it gets people talking. And you can say, well, I liked this, but I didn't like this. And you can ask, well, why didn't you like that? What didn't work for you? What did work for you? Okay, it's okay to have disagreements in the fandom, folks, but we got to actually have discussion, not just amateur name-calling and finger-pointing. Okay, so uh, that said, I enjoyed Shin Kamen Rider. If you guys or gals saw Shin Kamen Rider, please send me feedback because I'd love to hear what you you, uh, thought about it. Um, That's all I've got, so that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to sign off with that. So until next time, keep them stomping. And Rider Kick! This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Daikaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Luke Giaconetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you would like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I try to respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I will read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at 2truefreaks.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave a review on your podcatcher of choice if you'd like. You can find me on Facebook. Just search for first name Luke, last name E-D-D. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter. Just search for the handle at Giacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. The theme song for this podcast is Future Gladiator by Kevin MacLeod downloaded from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun here on Earth Destruction Directive. Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF (laughs) moment if I ever saw one.